Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Everything's a little different. I know you're wondering where's my stand. And, okay, my stands are coming. Um, but we're going to be doing things a little differently this morning. Um, celebrate um, Dara in the house. I'm going to celebrate you. You did an awesome job at the first service. Um, and he went, he's humbly uh, went to represent us at our parents' church for the second service and share the word there. So celebrate him again. Thank you. The Gap Church, we're always representing. All right. So this morning, with oh, this afternoon, actually, we're going to be doing things differently. We're going, I'm going to be having some people with me. We're going to have a little panel style conversation. Our topic is Thanksgiving in the waiting. Thanksgiving in the waiting. So we've been doing a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and if you are here for deeper night, please if you are here for deeper night, celebrate. <laughs> celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus. So that means all of you that you not do, you don't come to church. But anyways, um, we did a Thanksgiving session, and we're going to continue that. But this time we're going to do things, you know, a little bit different. We hear Thanksgiving. We always thank God for the things he has done or for who he is. But we're about to, you know Learn more about what it looks like to actually thank God even when we've not received. Amen. So I'm going to be having three people with me. So you're not going to be hearing a lot of my voice. So hear everything now. Yeah, hear it. Have you heard it all? All right. Okay, so I'm going to be having three people with me. So you're going to be hearing a lot of their voices. So I want you to celebrate them because they are Gap Nation. So they are, they are Gap Nation. We just celebrated the worship team, so you're going to celebrate them. So our first, I'll be calling... Um, Frida Umor, celebrate them, celebrate them, they are Gap Nation, all right, and then also I'll be calling on a Gosa Uyi on home, go, 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 and lastly I have Nosa Uyi on home, all right, celebrate, thank you guys so much for joining me this beautiful afternoon, um, this is the Gap Church, and my name is Lola Day. Celebrate. Thank you. All right. So, um, thank you for joining me this afternoon. This is the Gap Church where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. So, I'm going to give you um, five seconds each. Tell us who you are. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Frida, like she said, and um, I am honored and privileged to serve in this house. I serve in the prayer department, woohoo! And the media team also. And I'm also a college student, so. IT, Ooh, IT, do you have IT people in the house? Tech, tech, tech. <laughs> um, hello, my name is Egosa Osayande Ui Ohomba. Um, I am also a volunteer in the Gap Church. I serve in the Ushering Hospitality Department. Um, pray department, where you at? Where you at? So, yeah. Um, well, I'm 26. Uh, <laughs> um, I am in grad school. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, no wife, no kids. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, like... Coming soon, soon. Oh, yeah, coming exactly. Soon. We have one month left in this year. Anything can happen. Not that soon. Yeah, not that soon. <laughs> All right. Um, hey guys, good afternoon. 
My name is Nosa, and I currently serve in the ushering hospitality department. Um, I am a graduate from my master's, and I currently work in healthcare. Ooh, celebrate. See, we are... Thank you, that's the word. I was coming, but I just needed someone to... Thank you, you're connected. All right, so we're going to bring in from 1 Thessalonians 5, um, from verse 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, from verse 16 to 18. And it says, rejoice always, pray without season, in everything, in the good, in the bad, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So like I said, we're doing thanksgiving in the waiting. So thanking God even when we've not seen what we want. It's so easy to say thank you when someone gives you something. But it's harder to say thank you before they've given you that thing that you ask for. And so I want to ask um, to you, what is Thanksgiving? So we can start from my right to the left. What is Thanksgiving? Okay, Thanksgiving to me, it's an act of gratitude, an act of devotion. Um, it's also a way to show thanks to God, and that's shown through our lifestyle. Beautiful. Come and celebrate, huh? Uh, to me, Thanksgiving is a way of life. Um, it's mindset of gratitude, mindset of knowing that the journey is long and rough, but that there is a destination uh, matched with actions of continuously pressing in and continuously going forward, even when sometimes life kind of pushes you back a little bit. That's good. That's good. Um, Thanksgiving to me is, um, excuse me, sorry, is a response to God's goodness because we thank God for who he is. We don't thank God for what he has done because you cannot limit God. So you, in all essences, your response to God's goodness is unending love and kindness in our lives. That's good. That's good. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. So, um, Ekosa, I was just going to ask you, do you, <laughs> do you think there's a difference between Thanksgiving and sharing your testimony? Um, uh, no, I think sharing your testimony is an act of Thanksgiving. Well, I guess yes. Well, I don't know. I just believe that um, sharing testimony is an act of Thanksgiving or an example of Thanksgiving. Um, I do believe that Thanksgiving is basically just a response to the testimony that God has done upon your life. So yeah. That's good. So it's, it's a, one of the many ways of saying thank you to God is by letting people know what God has done. So there are other ways of showing Thanksgiving, which we'll do after the word is over by sowing your seed and paying your offering and paying your tithe. Amen. Amen. So what does it look like to have a culture of Thanksgiving, Frida? What does it look like to have a culture of Thanksgiving? Um, for me, like, Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. When I use myself as an example. Like, every day I wake up, I say thank God for giving me a brand new day. Because even though I have all these things I'm waiting on, the fact that I'm alive this morning is a reason for me to thank God. So I make sure that I thank God that I'm awake this morning. When I get to my work, I say thank you, God, for bringing me safe because I drive the highway every day. I see accidents every day, and I thank God that I'm not part of those people. And when I come back to my apartment, I say thank you, God, for bringing me back to my apartment because the same thing, there's accidents on the road, and I'm not part of Even there sometimes... Like two seconds, I put my head down. I almost hit a car. But I say thank you, God, for sparing me from oh, that self-accident. So that's like a culture for me. I say thank you every chance I get. Even when it's hard, I still thank God. 
That's so good. Celebrate that. That's so good. You know, I think just growing up um, for me, I just always see my mom just always says, thank you. Thank you, God. Like, it was just, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. You know, and obviously, any small thing, I just say, thank God. But then sometimes I actually realize that I'm actually saying thank God, but I actually don't mean thank God. It's just, it's become a phrase. Oh, thank God. Sometimes we even say thank God to, oh, someone brought, brought in the food on time. Or the Uber guy just takes you down and says, oh, I'm here. Thank God. You know, and you, between, between you and, you know, God didn't have anything to do with the fact that the guy came on time. <laughs> just, you paid for him. priority. Amen. You know, but, um, you know, but just, we get so comfortable saying thank you, God, that it doesn't actually mean anything anymore. It just becomes an easy phrase that you just say. And so that's why we're, no, we're having this conversation this, today. Is just how do I build a culture of having, saying intentional thank you. You know, and not just in the time when everything is working as it should, but in the time when things are not working as it should. You know, I um, there I read this, and we're going to read the same thing, Route 220. So Route 2, um, Yeah, 20, and it says, Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be ye of the Lord, who had not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. You know, and yeah, that's just the, the part I wanted to drive out. Is like, if you know the story, I talked about it last week, of how Naomi has lost her husband, Ruth has lost her husband. Everything in their life does not make sense. The place that they should have lived with so much abundance, they've left. They've come to a place where everything should be working well. So everything in the sense of it is not good. But then she's not just saying thank you, God. She's intentional. Now she's saying thank you that you've you've not taken away your kindness from us. So leaving saying that thank you with an intentionality. Oh, Father, I thank you that my food came on time. Compared to oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank God. And so when you start to do that frequently, you now become very more conscious, and your consciousness starts to understand. I need to thank God intentionally. For this thing, not generally. For this particular season, for this particular now. You know, but when we're talking about being in a season whereby everything, not even, like, not, I won't say everything, because, you know, God is good. So some things, you know, are not the way we want it to be. So we're still in that season of waiting. We're still in that season of God, we've not gotten what we want to get. We're in an Anna season where we've been coming to Shiloh every year and asking for a child, and but yet we've not seen it. And then somebody's coming up this altar and telling me to say thank you, God. You know, so, um, no, sir, what does a waiting season look like? And if you have an example, please share with us. Okay, so a waiting season, um, I think most people think in your waiting season you don't do anything, but... I think it's a time where you're supposed to trust God and like to lean on his own, underst- his own understanding and expect that what you're trusting him for will come to pass. And so I guess for an example, um, I guess for me, okay, so I'm currently waiting to get into medical school. So I guess for me, that looks like praying to God. <laughs> so, um, so praying to God and trusting in him and um, trusting that um, his timing will be the best for me. So yeah. yeah, celebrate that. Come on, celebrate that. She's waiting to get into medical school that we know that she's going to get into medical school. So, like, we know, you know, but it's in a, it's, it, it, it's a time when you're actually in a, in a season whereby you've done everything so you know it will come. So, for example, 
you're waiting um, to get into school until you've done all the classes, you've written the exam, you passed well. So logically, things like you should get admission. But what if you've, you've not done anything on your own? Like there's nothing you can do to change the situation. So what if literally there is nothing you can do? So it is either God or nothing. How do you have a cultural thank you? Um, so honestly, like um, I've been doing right now, I've been thanking God in advance. So um, I've been in my word, of course, praying. And I believe that God is telling me to just thank him because it's going to be mine. So I think it's just a matter of staying in your word and um, reading those daily affirmations to encourage you that God's timing is the best timing despite what your current situation is looking like. So, you know, That's good. You know, she said, she said, God's time is the best time. That's that, that, that God's time we don't like because somebody has told us that 1,000 years is one day. So if we're calculating at that time, man, well, the time is not working with our time. You know, but God's time really is the best time. Because when the Bible says all things work together for good, there's something about even the things that don't work well, working, still working together. You know, that's why I asked the question earlier, like what if there is nothing you can do physically to make that thing come? There's nothing you can do. It's literally all but nothing. It's literally God. Like, if God, there's no plan B. There's no, I have a referrer. There's no, I have a friend that works in that company that would talk to somebody that would talk to somebody. If the, if the uh, recruiter does not open my resume, it's over for me. We are at that position, and yet someone is telling me to say thank you. And yet someone is telling me, oh, let's thank God for the, for the scholarship. Yet you know that you, were, you applied a little too late. And not to your own, for, but away from the ones that, okay, maybe you, you did your own, your own doing. But you know that, oh, you did everything you could on your, in your own end. But stuff, it just did not work out because that is life. But then you know, six months ago, God had told you that you're going to get the job. And you're like, okay, now everything is not adding up. And, but then we come to deeper night and they say I should put a praise on it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's added to because the Lord has dropped this on my heart. Um, I think when we're in that situation, oftentimes we kind of wrap our identity on that situation versus still keeping our identity in Christ. So, for example, um, immigration papers. If you're waiting for God to give you visa, that becomes your identity. Not the purpose that God has for you in getting that visa. It's the visa itself. And so um, also, and then we forget that God can still do other things in our life that we can still be grateful for. Like he can still, in that moment, some people have, their families have bought houses. In that moment, some people have bought brand new cars. In that moment, some people have met the love of their lives. And so. Um, <laughs> I said it one month, people. One month. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it just goes to show that our identity is not in the testimony, but the purpose that is attached to it, that comes from God. And God can still do a lot of other things in your life outside of that one testimony you're waiting for. That's so. fact. That Please, can we celebrate that? That is real. That is real. You, we, we have to be careful not to become the request. You know, we have to be very careful. So when we build, like you said, when you build your identity on the fact that, okay, until God does this, I am not the person I'm supposed to be. You know, and God is just like, this is just a piece of the big puzzle that I have, you know, of the big master plan. That's just something very tiny. But you're super focused on that. But in this waiting season, I'm teaching you other things. You know, I'm teaching you how to be patient. I'm teaching you, you know, how to not get angry at the little things. I'm teaching you on how to study the word. I'm teaching you how to pray. I'm teaching you all of these things. So by the time those things even come, you're not the same person that asked. 
Now you're a brand new person. You're, you're, you're more evolved. Now you can even undo the testimony. You can undo the blessing now. You're able to, you know, do better with it. But I don't, I don't want us to sway away because, you know, we're still building a life of, and a culture of saying thank you, intentional thank you. You know, and now we weren't talking about being in the waiting season. I'm going to use the same example that was used this morning. We have Jesus, you know, and we have John the Baptist. And we have two people whose lives are literally tied together, you know, but the requirement is that one assignment has to go before the other. And so leave, leave out the fact that Jesus is who Jesus is. And so Jesus from probably from when he came out of the womb knows his assignment. Let's assume Jesus is every random person that you're still trying to figure out what your assignment is. And John the Baptist is still, still trying to figure out what his assignment is. But they were born at the same time. They had their parents, mothers, are, you know, cousins, best friends. You know, everything is, and we know African mothers, when you get to a point, they start to say, have you seen the son of this person that went to the same school as you? He's as tall as you. He's the same color as you. He sits like you, but he's better than you. Amen. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, now this is both of you having, but your assignment, what you've been born with is different, but it's tied together. And so one person has to go before the other. And that is just the way it works. And if you think about the thing that Jesus did and you think about the thing that John the Baptist did. John the Baptist was super good, but you cannot compare John the Baptist with Jesus. And so you can imagine if Jesus, who had spent, maybe had spent all of his time comparing himself to John the Baptist. Or oh, why did he start on time? Or oh, why did he go before me? Or oh, why did he have to baptize me? You know, I, I, I love one thing that Jesus did when he stood in front of the, because I'm going to get to my question. When he stood in front of the, after um, this guy Lazarus died, the Bible recorded after three days, he had died, he's gone, everything. And Jesus stood in front of the tomb and told them to roll it away. And the first thing he did, he said, Father, I thank you because you have heard me. You know, and Jesus already had the culture of saying thank you even before he asked. So he's just like, at this point, I thank you. Because you have done it. Not like that you have, you're not doing it yet. Though. You've not done it. But I'm thanking you because you've done it. And so Jesus was somebody who had a culture of thanksgiving. And so in the waiting season, how do you not build comparison? How do, how, how do you not get to a point whereby you become envious of another person? Like I said, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where they're going. But based on the master plan, they're supposed to go before you. But your calling is bigger, but you don't know. But in the master plan, they are supposed to go before you. And in that season, they are saying that you still need to keep thanking God. You still need to keep thanking God. So, Frida, how do you not build comparison in the waiting season? Um, so, for me, I always try to remind myself that everybody's journey is different. And I also like soak myself in the promises of God because the word of God says that my plan and thoughts towards you are for good to, and not for evil to give you an expected end. So I, oh, I just tell myself that, okay, my journey and this person's journey are not the same because this worked out for this person and this did not work out for me does not mean that I'm out of the will of God. I, because as, I feel like I'm at the point in my life that I don't have a choice but to follow God because like for for me I've <laughs> I am somebody that has dealt with control issues like if I don't have control over the things in my life I can literally lose it but then God had called me into that order I'm like miss ma'am <laughs> I gave said, you miss life miss <laughs> ma'am 
So you don't, you, you cannot, you, you, God has the ultimate knowledge, the ultimate wisdom. He knows the beginning from the end. So like, he just wants me to lean and trust in his, um, his promises. So I don't have a choice, but I say, God, this is you. You're my pilot. Just take my life and I will follow you wherever you want me to do. So that's just how I keep myself and keep going. That's right. Get into the plane and let the pilot just, you know, glide you through. So it goes on. Uh, yeah, I think for me, um, first, um, I attach conceptualization that God doesn't owe me anything. Sometimes we believe He's that because he is, but sometimes we believe that, oh, because I did this, I did that, I deserve this. And like they say, they said the most talent or the most untapped potential is at the cemetery. So there are people who can be doing many things but aren't alive today. So the fact that I'm alive in itself is already a testimony. It's already, it's already more than enough. And so um, I also believe that people have a lack of understanding of what a season is or what their own season is. Because, again, we, as a society, we believe, like, okay, you grow up, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, then you get married. Sometimes it doesn't work out for those people. Or it doesn't work out in the timeline that it does for your friends around you. And so when you're able to actually sit down and figure out what is your own season, what's your own timeline, um, what is your own purpose, what is your own destiny, um, then, yeah, you're able to really go far. But another thing, last point. Sometimes you have to remember that if the people you're comparing yourself did, if they're doing what you did, they would fail abysmally. <laughs> like, I know people that if they decided they went to go to dental school, they would be homeless right now. And if I were to try and be an engineer, me too, I will be homeless too. So you have to realize that there's specific destinies for specific people. Yeah. Not everybody can do what you can do, and not, not, you can do what everybody else can do. So just focus on yourself, and you'll be That's honest. good. That's so. good. That's good. And... Um, so for me, I always remember the fact that nothing that I have planned for myself is better than what, like, God has planned for me. And so um, if it didn't happen, it was for a reason, right? So maybe it's for my own growth. Uh, maybe what's for me is not ready for me. Maybe I'm not ready for it. So um, that's what I always lean on. So. That's good. I guess they can know because before I speak in the word, I see the no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much. That was really good. You know, just knowing and understanding that everybody's lane is different. I remember this um, message, um, stay in your lane. Uh, I think it was Pastor Lady preached a couple of, like maybe years ago, you know, and she's just like, literally, you cannot, if you're running a race, you, the guy on this place, if he goes on your, he cannot come on your lane. Everybody's on their lane. They will decide the winner win later. But on the journey, everybody's on their lane, you know, and so just staying in your own lane. And just knowing this is my own personal journey and this is understanding what God has called you to, you to do. And he says, so I said, I know the plan I have for you, not the plan I have for them. He's specific. He said, I know the plan I have for you. And so you understanding the plan that God has for you and you just watch things unfold and understanding what that season looks like. So I want to go around um, and I want you all to just give me um, a practical way you believe that... Um, in any of your waiting season that you know that you've been impatient. You 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 were impatient in that season and it didn't turn out good. I think. Okay, well, I have a lot, but okay. uh, so I'll give one example. So I graduated college in 2019. Right before COVID, a friend of mine, two friends of mine got married. And so we all went to the wedding. Oh, the the bride chiropractor 
husband, NFL player. One friend works for Exxon. The other one works for, is consultant, um, doing consulting. Oh, what are you doing? I'm just at home. <laughs> I said, I was just at home. Literally, I went home. I started applying to all these places. Reject, reject, reject. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And yeah, no, it's hard. It's very hard. And the thing is that sometimes you try and alter, you try and alter the will of God in your favor and it don't work. It actually makes things worse because you kind of lose sight of the whole goal. And the whole goal is not even for purpose just to say that I, I got in, to say I'm not a failure. And so, yeah, just be patient. I thought one year turned into three, and we're here now. We made Amen. It, so. <laughs> don't try to alter the will of God. Don't try to alter the will of God. Any other one, any other person as an example? Okay, so I can go. So um, I graduated college in 2020. Um, and so, as you all know, like I'm trying to go to medical school. <laughs> I'm trying to go to medical school, and so I applied, like, the year after I graduated, but I had no business applying, to my knowledge, so um, I think I became impatient because the people around me, like, you know, they all applied to school, they all got in, of course, but I think God was trying to build more things in me, um, build my character, I just guess I wasn't ready for that time, so that's the time that I was impatient. That's good, that's good. Um, for me, it would be, like, seeing my mates graduate. And then I was still in community college. So I was just, there was this day I just went on Instagram and all I was seeing was back-to-back -back graduation, <laughs> graduation everywhere. And I'm like, oh my goodness. When is, in fact, I feel like in the season of waiting, you have to be careful because you can idolize what you're waiting on God for. And that's what God pointed out to me. She said, girl, you're be you have made graduating out of school an idol, and you need to check that. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I had lost myself in that process. So I, ha I started asking God for mercy that God, in fact, whenever you want me to graduate, because, <laughs> yeah, that was just, it was the whole thing. Even, sorry, even another example, too, that's outside the room of graduation. Sometimes when we try and be impatient, it kind of, we kind of set ourselves up for failure because it, have you guys seen the picture of, like, the two guys that are, like, mining the coal, and the one guy was almost there, he almost had the diamond, the other person, like, he quit right before he got the diamond, the other person kept going. That was like me. I was going to buy a new car last year. Um, and then, literally, I went. Then the week, a week later, prices went up. And I was still going to buy that car for almost $10,000 more than what it was worth because I really wanted that car so bad. I just wanted to have a new car. I thought I thought I had arrived. I ain't go nowhere. I, <laughs> I ain't go nowhere. But um, I've been glad because even then, God just has shown me, like, if you're not impatient, you actually might put yourself in a situation where you're going to be stuck. There's sometimes, you know, God is faithful. God is, he's amazing, all this stuff. But sometimes you get yourself in situations that you're actually stuck. And you actually have to endure it. You just have to endure it. Until it's over, so be careful. We set ourselves up. We are always the one putting the trap and walking into it and then calling, turning back and say, God, I'm in the trap. <laughs> you know, we always set ourselves up. Um, but let's read Isaiah um, 40, and I'm sure we all know this uh, from verse 28. Isaiah 40 from verse 28. It says, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faint nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. He says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. He said, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
You know, I love that part, the part that says that those that wait on the Lord, and I like the part because it did not say those that wait on the Lord will get what they're asking for. It will give them more strength to wait. The strength will be there. You would wait. You know, and then he says, he says you will mount up on wings as he goes. You know, it says you would walk, you would not, you will run and you will not be weary. You know, you would walk and you will not faint. You know, the different steps of waiting. There's the waiting when you are, while you are walking. Then there's running, waiting. Then there's flying. All of those things are still in waiting. Um, none of it is still the destination, but all of it is in the journey. And so he said, no matter where you are in the journey, he said, I'll help you to walk. You will not faint while you wait. I will help you to run. You will not get tired while you wait. And he said, when you're flying, have you seen when the eagles fly? They use the wind to glide. So it's not, the wind is not, they literally, they, they are not doing anything in their own effort. The wind is helping them move. And so when we get to that point in our waiting, it's going to help us glide through it. And we're just going to soar through it and not be weary or not be tired. But I want us to end with this and we'll all go. And I want us to talk about what are practical ways to build a culture of saying thank you even when we've not received it. Even when we're gliding in the waiting and we're standing in the waiting and we're walking in the waiting or running in the waiting. How do we build a culture of thanksgiving? One, one, one point. Egosa. Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. Okay. Um, for me, I am a big worshiper of God. So that would be worshiping God. Like I said in first service, the song that has been on repeat for me in this season is Covenant Keeping God. You have to find what works for you. I first, by, I first tell God about how I feel because waiting is not easy. You feel all kinds of emotions. So I tell God, oh God, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling this and that and that. When I'm done with that, remind myself of God's promises and soak myself in worship because the worship, <laughs> worshiping God intentionally, listening to the words and actually meaning and understanding what you're listening to takes you a lot. It gives you more peace. It gives you, it removes the anxiety and the fear away from me. That is how I cultivate the, the culture of Thanksgiving and waiting. Sorry. Okay. Good job. Um, I think for me, it's good to start small. If you don't know to start, just start by just asking God. I know for me, recently, my, my prayer has been, God, um, remind me of the testimony. Um, remind me of the testimony before and the testimony that's soon to come as well, too. And in that, um, God will just show you here and there. I know for me, ever since I've been praying that prayer, every time I'm in a situation that can go left, I envision, me, I envision myself in that situation and going left. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God, because it's not me. Bro, I remember it was the last week I was driving my mom's new car, bro. I just changed it. The one song, bro, just looked down for half a second. Everybody slung on their brakes, and I luckily I didn't hit a car. But in that moment, I played what would happen. I said, yeah, I would have been finished. Like that, like that would have been it. There's no coming back from that. And so just like situations like that where God will either reveal to you, um, he will reveal to you what could have been, um, or he'll just remind you that, um, yeah, he'll just remind you of the testimony that's soon to come, or he'll remind you of what he's done, like for me. Every day, God reminds me of as much as I hate grad school. He reminds me that I got in. <laughs> he reminds me of how much, I, how much work, how much tears, how much, how much depression, how much everything I went through. And so, just like, just prayers like that. Sometimes we just kind of take those little prayers for granted, but God will still show you and He will still remind you the testimony that has happened that and that is yet to come. So, yeah. I'm 
So for me, a practical thing that I do is I journal. So I try to write down every big and small thing God has done for me so that I don't forget. And I take that to him in prayer. Um, I ask him to bring to my remembrance what he's done for me um, to allow me not to take for granted what he's done. I think that helps me to have a heart of gratitude all the time. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Journal, writing it down. It says, write the vision, make it plain. And it was specific when he gave that instruction because he said, I want the many, many other generations. I think it was told David. He said, I want the other generation to be able to see what I have done, to see the battles that I have won for you. You know, and so writing these things down would also remind you that the God that did it can still do it. That the same God that part the Red Sea was another, the same God that part the Jordan is the same God that pulled down the wall of Jericho. It's literally the same. It's the same God that helped Elijah call down fire. It's the same God that helped Elisha. It's the same God even when Jesus came. It's the same God that walked on water. It's the same God that healed the sick. It's the same God that raised the dead. So if you can do all of these things, and I promise you, your testimony is not working on, your miracle is not working on water. So if you can walk on water, I promise you, yours is not that difficult. You know, and, and just believing that he has done it before. And so when you have all of those things, you're able to build a culture of saying thank you. Like, even though I know you've not done the things that I want you to do, I know the God that I serve. And so because I know the God that is able to do it, I am confident in the fact that he would always show up. I am confident in the fact that I don't serve a man-made God. I did not put this God together. It's not, my figment. it's not a figment of my imagination. It's not something I imagined in my mind that oh, I have seen him show up practically. I've seen him show up day in, day out. So what is, what is graduation? What is um, grad school? What is medical school? What is marriage? What is children? What is money? Like the God that created heaven and earth, that He says the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. So what is what's more scholarship to Him? It just it blinks an eye and everything is working. Amen. So I want us even and I want us to take this home today. You know that I might not have gotten everything I wanted in 2022, and I know yes, we still have one month left, and one month is too long a time. You know, but the next one month I'm going to build a conscious. Um, culture of just being saying thank you, an intentional thank you, not just ah oh, thank God, you know, but an intentional thank you and saying Father I thank you that I'm awake, Lord I thank you that I got to work, Lord I thank you that I, I'm back home, I thank you that I'm have a good health, I thank you that I had a headache and I feel better, I thank you that I took the medication and it worked, because my dear most medications don't be working. You know, just building that intentional thank you culture. I thank you because I know that, that that new job is on the way. I thank you because I'm already seeing the manifestation because it is happening in the spirit. And so I'm seeing the manifestation of what you're about to do. I thank you, God, because my new car is on the way. Amen. Oh, amen. 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 And I, I thank you, you know, because the marriage is on the way. The children is on the way. You know, I thank you because, the, you know, all of this. And I thank you because the scholarships are on the way, you know. I'm done. I thank you because the money is on the way. Yeah. I know. That's the one you guys like. I thank you because more serving opportunities are on the way. Exactly. You know, and so we're just building that culture of thank you. So I just want us to bow our heads real quick. And I just want us to begin to thank God. I know we, we did it earlier. I know we did it on Friday. You know, and we never should ever get tired of saying thank you. And I just want us to begin to thank God for just for the promises. Since his promises are here and amen. He's able, I am able to do 
exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or you can think. If it's in your imagination, I can bring it to pass. If it's in your thought process, I can bring it to pass. If it's just, just glide through your mind, I'm able to make it happen. And I thank you because all of these things are possible with you, God. And even in this same moment, if you want to give your life to Christ and you want to say yes to this God that is able to do. And you want God to help you because I tell you, building a culture of thanksgiving is not, it's not like a habit that, yes, you can build it. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, he opens your eyes to see the things to say thank you about. To say thank you, to even know what to pray, what to say thank you for. The promises, for you to be able to thank you for the promises, you have to know them. And for you to be able to know them, you have to have a relationship with the person that is able to bring them to pass. So I want to, if you are here and you want to give your life to Christ, and you want to have a relationship with the person that is able to bring promises to pass, I want you to raise your hands real quick. I want you to raise your hands real quick. I want, to, I want us to not take this moment as, oh, I know they're always going to do it. So next week I'll come. I, you don't know what will happen between today and next week. You might walk away. You might be walking away from something that God is, God is just waiting for you to make that step so that he can meet you. And he's giving you the moment and the opportunity. And he's saying that I'm giving you this moment at this time, this day, to create, to, to build a relationship, to come to me, the maker of heaven and earth. And if you're also online and you want to give your life to Christ, please, I want you to type saved into the, um, the chat or the number is going to come up and I want you to text saved to the number as well. You know, anyone wants to give your life to Christ or you want to rededicate your life, reestablish a relationship with him and to be able to say that I want to live a life of thank you. I want to live a life of thanksgiving. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your children. Father, oh God, we thank you because we're excited that we're building. We're, we're beginning, you're teaching us what it looks like to be like Jesus. And like Jesus, every time he would, before he'd pray, he would say, thank you because you have heard me. And so, Father, in this moment, I say thank you because you have heard us. Thank you because you have done it. Thank you because it cannot be bigger than you. Nothing is bigger than you. And so if it's not bigger than you and it also has a name, then it is possible because you have been given a name that is above every other name. And so if that problem has a name, it means that it has a solution. And so, Father, we thank you, O oh God, for the things that you are set to do. Take all the glory and all the honor. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.